everything about world-class championship wrestling and Lance Von Erich. It doesn't sound like wrestling to me. Find out what brother Lance was created for. It wasn't Mike. Read why Chris Adams escaped authorities in another country. Find out how they hid the severity of Kerry's leg injury. And all that too. Lance by chance. Wrestling is a Von Erich. Buy your book today at Russellville.com. Hey everyone, this is the king of the one-night stands, the greatest of all time, Jock Sampson, and you're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast, baby. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Jock Sampson, professional wrestler of 17 years. With over 1,150 matches uh, to his credit, sir, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Vinny? Good, to, good to talk to you. Hey, good to talk to you too. So you are uh, in the Appalachia region. You're West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, the eastern part of the the country. Also, you you do quite a bit of wrestling in. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you, you basically could start at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains where I live in southeastern Ohio, uh, Joe Burrow country. If you if you want to know where it is, it's where Joe Burrow's from. We uh, I'm a Steelers fan, but we take a lot of pride the fact that uh, uh, the Heisman Trophy and, and, and probably a Super Bowl champion quarterbacks from our region. So, you know, right in that, that region there. Yeah, I wrestle all the way up in uh, Pennsylvania, like Western PA and like Buffalo, New York, Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, a lot in West Virginia because I was trained in West Virginia. That scene, there's a lot of promotions over there, right? There's a lot of wrestling uh, that takes place over there. I know a lot of wrestlers in, in that area. Talk a little bit about the scene and and how active it is. Well, I mean, you got a, you got a lot of really good promotions in, in this region, and, you know, and you got a lot of bad ones, so you have a lot of wrestling good or bad you know a lot of the places i work for i'm very particular about who i wrestle for so you got iwc that's in pittsburgh pennsylvania they got a lot of great young town it's been around 17 years and i think a lot of people they they know the name iwc um you got remix pro wrestling in in, in marietta ohio and they run twice a year but they do two one or two big shows a year and they'll bring in between seven and a thousand people to come to that little little town. And they'll have big, they've had names like AJ Styles there. They've had the Young Bucks there. They had um, the Lucha Bros there this past uh, uh, fall. You also got FTC in Ironton, Ohio. You've got tons of places in West Virginia. Now, the scene in West Virginia is a very unique scene. I would, cons- I would consider it one of the most underrated wrestling states. There's a lot of really good, like, wrestlers in West Virginia. The only issue is there's a lot of guys in West Virginia. They don't have the physiques. And, and everyone thinks of people in West Virginia. They think we're all hillbillies down here. And the fans like a certain style in West Virginia. They don't like the modern style where it's high-flying. And, you know, they, they, they love crowd interaction. And they like good wrestling. Don't get me wrong. But they want, uh, they want character. They want to love somebody. They want to hate somebody. And I think that's how uh, wrestling should be. You should have a good guy and you should have a bad guy. And in West Virginia, you know, if it's, if it's done right, it's done really well. 
And there's a lot of great wrestlers that, that nobody's ever heard of in the state of West Virginia. And uh, I would encourage if you're close to West Virginia, go check out a show and, and it may surprise you. So a uh, very good scene there, Kentucky. Uh, and then I, got, I, I travel all the way up to uh, Greektown, Ontario, Canada, up in Toronto for Greektown Pro Wrestling, a promotion that is true to my heart. And uh, I believe it is the, the best wrestling promotion in Ontario. And, uh, I truly believe that cause they, they're offering something different. So. Yeah. And I, I've seen that. I saw that on your, on your database. I saw that you were wrestling in, in, uh, Greek town and also too, that, uh, a lot of those, uh, events are pay-per-view. So it's, it's more exposure for you, right. And more eyes opportunity for more people to put their eyes on, on that product. You you say that they're doing something different. What what is it uh, so special that you like about that promotion? Well, uh, for one, the promoter Channing Decker is one of my one of my closest friends in in all of wrestling. He's he's a Greek boy from from Toronto, Ontario, and I'm some hillbilly kid from southeastern Ohio, and we just somehow get along very well. But what uh, what Channing does is like a, the the issue with a lot of promotions in a lot of regions, let alone in Ontario is they'll use a group of the same, the same guys will work in every promotion in, in that area. And you probably know that. Channing tries to think outside the box about, hey, I need to, you know, these guys are very good, but they can be seen any night of the week in Toronto. So, and he does use some of them, but he tries to bring in people that you've never heard of. Like he brought me in because you know they're not used to people like country people <laughs> up in Toronto and it, and, it, and it worked out pretty well um, he just tries to present a, a, a different product instead of the high flying he will he, what he'll do is he'll give you a little something of everything in, in a show he'll he'll give you a, a girls match he'll give you uh, the match with a little bit of laughter he'll give you the high flying stuff he'll give you the hardcore he'll give you the storytelling match um, because you get to a lot of shows, honestly, and, and a lot of shows are, are the same, like, you know, everybody trying to run around and, and they're all doing the same stuff. And, and he just wants everything to be different. And, and it goes from like how it's viewed, like the crowd interaction, how the crowd views it. Their crowds are insane. And everyone think they're going modern. They're a modern day crowd. That's an old WWF crowd. You know, like, like I always say, my favorite wrestling match of all time is Hogan and Rock at WrestleMania. And you look at that crowd, you could go to a Greek town show and they act the same way. And those fans are not the same type of fans that actually go to all the other promotions either. And they, you know, and it, it's turned into a, like a thing to where like wrestling fans could go and then they'll have people that live in that, that community there that will only support Greek town pro because it, it's a Greek product. It, it's, it, it's hard to explain, but it is one of the coolest places that, you know, I travel to and, and it's the only place in Canada uh, and in Ontario that in that vicinity of Toronto that I wrestle for, because I don't, I don't believe in watering myself down and, and, you know, guys should really, guys and girls should really do that. They should really think about like, hey, you know, if they see me in all these towns, I'm not going to be a special. 
So a lot of times, the only time you could ever see any of these guys is when you buy that ticket to Greektown Pro. And IWC does it. Um, and a lot of, I think a lot of promotions should do this, but they have no right to tell anybody where to work. But you need to be a little bit more particular about, you know, if you're going to use somebody, you know, if they're wrestling in every little town, like West Virginia used to have an issue with this because there used to be 10 promotions in like Charleston, West Virginia. And I mean, legitimate, like Charleston, West Virginia. And like every single guy in Charleston, West Virginia would work there and they would all eventually they started, the, the draw started dropping drastically and nobody could understand it. The wrestling wasn't bad. You know, but they were seeing the same old guys. And I use the adage, the Beatles could be are the, are, are the most influential rock band of all time. And if you put them in, in, in Charleston, West Virginia for a month, first week, they'll probably be hot. People will still be buying tickets towards the middle of the month and end of the month. People will be like, well, it's just the Beatles. I can just go see them some other time. So it's not going to be as special. So, you know, a lot of promotions need to really think about that. Don't tell someone they can't work there. You just don't use guys if they <laughs> if they're doing that. You need to go get different people. Right. Different is new and it's exciting. No, I, I totally understand. And and I see that in my in my area too with uh some promotions. It's like, you know, uh I look at the card and and I sometimes I don't go because I think, well, I I can I can see that group of guys anytime, right? Yeah. You know, it's it, I, I like to see um, some people come in that that I don't get to see on a regular basis. And, you know, I, I've talked to wrestlers in the past where, you know, say in Texas, you, you can go to eight to ten different major cities that are are putting on shows. And and uh, I know a, a gentleman who only goes to Dallas once a month, only goes to uh, Houston once a month, only goes to. Uh, Laredo once a month and and so forth, you know, San Antonio and same thing, because, you know, if you can see him there all the time, no one's coming out there. And what, you know, by him doing that, you know, he can state his price, you know, and say, Hey, yeah. this is my price, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, there was a story where there, I won't say the young guy's name because I don't want to drag his uh, name into it, but he, he actually works for AEW now but he's from West Virginia. So when he first got trained out, um, he, they had a show in, in Charleston and then this one particular show that paid for paid to bring him in because he lived up the road. So all his family, and I mean, he had 150 people came to buy a ticket to come see him family, friends or whatever, his little town and happened to be at that show, there were six or seven promoters there, and they were all trying to book him the same night. And he was so young and naive at the time, I had to have sit down and have a talk with him. I'm like, bud, you might want to rethink this, because if you, these 150 people aren't going to follow you to all these six places, you need to pick a place in Charleston. Like, if you go to Columbus, Ohio, and there are five promotions that want to use you, you might want to pick it now especially when you're young, because you're, you're, you know, and I knew he was going places. I knew he was going to get signed, but I said, right now you may want to think about, you know, saving some of your drawing power because that way you can actually get some more money and eventually your money's going to dwindle, dwindle down if it's not a special. 
everyone's grandma loves them, but they grandma don't come see you all the time. <laughs> right. It, it, you know. Yeah, you're right. Pick one, pick one and figure out and just make that your place in that town and then go elsewhere and get your money and get your exposure. Yeah, and I think that's important, too. And also, too, not to be so comfortable, right? Kind of branch out and go to these these different cities or these different reach out to these different areas. Right. You I mean, like you said, it's cool to, to wrestle in your hometown, but, you know, eventually your drawing power isn't going to be as good right yeah now now this on, on the other hand is if if i know a lot of guys and there are a lot of great guys a lot of great workers that that's all they want to do is wrestle in charleston or wherever town they live at and have two three shows a month in the same town and that makes them happy then that's that's fine go with god whatever makes you happy but you got to think what's right for you if you want to get better. So by getting better in pro wrestling, um, you have to wrestle people that's better than you. So if you wrestle the same people over and over again, you're just going to flatline and say the same. So I tell young guys all the time, it's like wrestle guys better than you. You need to go find them. People you don't know, they may not be better than you, but at least you don't know them. And it'll, it'll be a different approach possibly of, of, of what you're doing. And also too, that will, kind of stretch you in such a way to to kind of figure out how to work with someone that you've never worked with before right yeah if you did that and then you have a great match now you're networking you're walking around a locker room you're, you're interacting with people that you've never met and they're like and they'll eventually come around and say hey that guy was a pretty good guy you know let's maybe think about bringing him down here to, to nashville tennessee and then he does the same thing over again, and it, it begins to particulate. And he's in Alabama. He's then eventually he's in Europe and whatever. I mean, it's just a guys have got to be smart about that. And also promotions need to be smart too. Nobody's got a right to tell anybody how to make a living, but you need to be smart about it. <laughs> Do you think, Jock, that there's not enough people in the business seasoned veterans like yourself people that have been around almost two decades do you think there's not enough of uh people sharing information like this because i mean oh, yes this, this is valuable yes 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 um we're a dying breed for the most part you have a lot of young guys that will listen to you when you give them advice and, and they're, they're appreciated of it, but you have a lot of guys this generation to where they don't want to hear anything that the older guys saying, they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do right or wrong, more time, more time wrong. You know, it's all about the gif on fate on Twitter or whatever, that little motion. I think today's wrestling is taking the emotion out of wrestling and they're just turning into like a, and it's, it's cool that they're athletic, but you know, I love the storytelling storytelling. Like I tell these kids all the time, the ones that do listen that we're not in the professional wrestling business. We're in the emotion business. We don't sell wrestling. We sell emotion. Emotion sells tickets, puts the butt every 16 inches, you know, 
and if you're all doing the same thing, bland expressions, nobody can, you know, I, I mean, I tell guys all the time, cut promos, even if you suck at them, because if you, you're going to have to learn how to do them. And then, you know, a lot of guys will just tell me, I don't like doing promos because I'm not good, so I'm not going to do it. So I'm just going to show up and play wrestler. And that's basically what they're doing. So I think we, we need more veterans like me. But for 90 percent, you know, of them don't really care about our thoughts. But for the 10 percent to do, you can see there are a lot of them on TV. You know, it's definitely it's a good thing, but I don't think it's ever going to be taken serious by the majority of the kids out there. When I was coming up in training and, uh, and if, if, a, if a veteran gave you a tip and you didn't do it, the promoter would, would find out about it and he would just stop using you. And, and for a kid who's trying to make it, you know, and you want to work them older guys. And if the older guys don't want to work you, then how are you going to learn and how are you going to get better this day and age that nobody's held accountable for, for a lot of stuff, you know, for, for not listening. And, you know, we, they, it, it's too easy to be a pro wrestler today. Like it was hard to be a pro wrestler when I came up very hard. Now it's all you got to do is buy a pair of boots off a line and find a school and somebody teach how to do some moves. And that's, that's about it. You know, you can find a school that suits you and your uh, mentality, <laughs> your approach. Have, have you thought about in where you're at in your career? Have you thought about, passing on the profession have you thought about training is that something you're thinking about or even dabbling in now no I, I I you know I've always considered myself a road coach when I would uh I would be the guy who takes the kids that want to learn I put them in the car I teach them how to live on the road there's a lot of times I was gone five six days you know teaching them like hey you can stop at a, at a truck stop like a loves or and then if you, if you need a bath, you can go in there and take a bath, like a shower, you know, how to, how to eat on the road, how to save money, how to improve your bookings and, you know, just teach them like life stuff, like something simple, like, Hey man, you need two spare tires. <laughs> you need one in the car and you got to have one at home just so when the other one pops that you can pop it back in there and, you know, you need an extra rim, just little stuff. You know, I always considered that. But no, not not on the level of being like a trainer. I don't think that would be for me. Right, right. You know, you, you've been wrestling for a long time and you've stepped in the ring with quite a few people and a, an array of people. And it would take us all night to to, to list uh, some of those names. Uh, but, you know, you've been in the ring with Tommy Rich and Tracy Smothers, the Honky Tonk Man, Terry Funk, Jake Something, Coke Cabana, uh, sunny kiss. I mean, uh, yeah. guys, guys of today and of yesteryear that have, you know, have made some headwave in this business. Yeah. I've been very fortunate to, to get to work a lot of very talented individuals, you know, I mean, one of the names of, you know, one guy I've wrestled, you know, uh, it was Jeff Jarrett. And if, you know, I, I tell everybody right now that he's the best wrestler in the entire world. And I, you know, like the fact that the dude is 55 years old and he's had, I, I don't know if anybody, and there might be somebody that's had a better, better year than him, but I don't know. It's hard. I, I'd have to think about it. Who's had a better year 
than Jeff Jarrett in wrestling. Like he's got a great podcast. If it wasn't for him, that flare match would have been him and Jay Lethal. That was fantastic. You know what they what they brought to that whole presentation. Now he's on AEW, being just flat out amazing. Uh, he's getting he's getting legitimate heat with the crowd. Like MJF gets a lot of heat, but a lot of times the crowd they boo him because they're like, "Well, he's a he's a bad guy," and they're playing along. They don't like Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is really freaking good, and he looks better at 55 than a lot of guys do in their 20s. I mean, the dude is phenomenal. And, and the fact that I got to spend some time with him and listen to him and picked up stuff. I, I listened to ha- him talk to a referee and explain to referee how, how to do the uh, – when, when you put a sleeper hold on, on a guy and the ref raises the arms and how he went about approaching it. You know, he was telling the referee and I'm sitting there watching it going like, you know, this is this is taking me to school because, you know, the guy's had about 20,000 wrestling matches, been around his whole life. Uh, just sitting there listening to these guys like any of them, they've all taught me something. They've all taught me something that I still use, you know, uh, of somehow like I know how to sh- I know how to shoot a headlock on a guy that doesn't want me to give him a headlock. Robert Gibson taught me that stuff. Bobby Eaton's taught me stuff. Ricky Morton's taught me stuff. Um, some guys has taught me stuff when I went, went asking for it. And then I thought about it. Yeah. Like then you got Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion, Bobby Blaze, who's actually having one more match. He's having one final match uh, in Ironton, Ohio. And I can come back to that later, but, but you got Bobby Blaze and I spend a lot of time with Bobby and I talked to Bobby a lot and, and that dude teaches me something all the time about how to stand when you throw a punch or, you know, how to proper way to cinch in a headlock stuff that I've, I, you know, when you, when you wrestled 17 years, you think you may know a little bit, but then there's always something that one of these guys could pull out and say, you do it this way. Right. Like Devon, Shane Douglas. I mean, it, it, it's an honor to, to get to wrestle guys that, that I've got to grow up watching. Like I, I remember, when I was a little boy, I was the, you know, I'm a big Hulk Hogan guy and anybody my age is, is always, they're going to be of that era. You know, they're going to be Hulk Hogan, but close at number two and number three, but Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> was, was huge when I was a kid. I didn't understand what work rate was when I was a kid. And I think wrestling would be better if none of us, if a lot of us didn't even realize, realize what work rate was and they just showed up and appreciated it for what it was, but I got to wrestle him and my mom thought it was the coolest damn thing. So I got a picture in my garage of me putting a headlock on him and I've got him to sign it. And, and that was kind of a, a like a fan moment of, uh, <laughs> you know, get the, get the, uh, wrestle a guy that I worshiped. I had the phone two by four. <laughs> I used to walk around yelling ho and, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's a cool business in that sense, you know, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, makes for good stories, too. Oh, brother, I got stories, but some I can't say either, though. <laughs> so, you know, uh, where do you think uh, where do you think you are going to be in the next few years with this this pro wrestling? Uh, is it something that you want to continue or what do you what do, what's going on with you? Well, I am actually in the process of getting out of the wrestling business. 
I, I'm, I'm pretty close like my last year or two. I have an eight-year-old daughter that is very active in sports and school and and activities and you know I need to be home for her and it's it's hard that I have to be on the road all the time and I've missed a lot of stuff so I am in the process of uh, slowly working my way out but uh, yeah I, it's one of those things I don't think I could see myself uh, doing it any much more longer much more longer. Is it a challenging process for you you know knowing that you're moving out of this uh, phase? No you know uh I was talking to a guy the other night and, and he was asking me the same kind of question. He said, are you ready? And I, and I just deep down inside know that it's the right time. Like when, you know, and I, I, you know, physically it's, it's hurting me, but you know, the fact that I've had to miss like wrestling matches, my daughter wrestles and she had to miss a softball game and that absolutely just killed me. And, you know, I can always go back and visit my friends. And, 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 and if you keep, if you're staying around just to visit your friends, that's probably the, uh, you know, the wrestling God's telling you it's it. You know, I mean, I'm having better matches now than I've ever had. And I just feel like it's, it's the right time. Uh, I just don't want to be one of those guys that, uh, and I'm not knocking guys that want to hang on because it, I mean, I can understand a passion, but I just don't want to be a hang around. Like, I don't want to take a spot of a young hungry kid. You know, I want that kid that deserves to have my spot to, to jump in there and take it. Because I, a lot of these promoters will use an older guy like me and not use a younger hungry kid. And I think it's better if I step away and I may be involved in the business locally with some stuff, maybe working behind the scenes, helping guys with finishes and matches, but it is the right time. And I, you know, inside my wife told me the other day, she said, I see, saw me dragging. I was getting ready to leave. And usually I'm anal retentive. If I say I'm leaving at 12, I leave at 1130 <laughs> and I'm sitting on the couch at like 12 and I'm not left yet. She's like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm just dragging my feet a little bit, <laughs> you know, and I, of course I made the town, but you know, she could see some stuff like I, I'm just missing, you know, I had uh, the hall of two weeks off over Christmas and we had sporting events, sporting event. And I was having so much fun with her, you know, it's time for her to live her dream right. and daddy not be such a, a selfish, uh, you know, human being in that sense. Right. You right. Know. Well, you know, you've uh, you you definitely had your time, and and you you uh, invested in pro wrestling. You had some made some great memories along the way, and it, it, absolutely, it's, it's good that you're that you're focusing on your family, and you know, because not hey, we we know story after story of pro wrestlers that that lose their families. Yeah, it it, it ain't you know it ain't worth it to me. And I won't mock guys that that's been in wrestling, you know, their whole life. They're, they're with their kids growing up. And I won't knock a guy for that. Everyone has their own path in this life and, and they have to live it to their best ability. Uh, but yeah, man, great memories. And, and I'm not saying that I won't like some, you know, if I won't do a match here or there, but I think if I do, if I start doing that, I'll start concentrating more on the, uh, 
here I'll do one here and then maybe four months later I'll do one there but I want to it's not it's not going to be about the money because the money is a big part and it has to be but it'll be nice to just show up and hang out with with my friends and not have to worry about getting making sure my money's right and having to sell merchandise and you know I want to put the business part behind me on that. And, you know, I can actually see an appeal. We talked about the guys that wrestled in one town that never left. And there's a part of me that, you know, that I, I never liked it, but I see the appeal of it. You know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of nice, you know, but I'm looking forward to that aspect where I can just put my little girl in the car on, on a Saturday night, every blue moon. Hey, let's go do a tag. I let Danny go do a tag team match and they'll take you to get some pizza after the show. That'd be kind of nice. There you go. All right. Was there anything that you wanted to share before we wrap this thing up, Jack? Well, uh, no, I have a t-shirt store. Uh, if you get online, uh, indieconnection.net. If you like, type in Indie Connection and type Jock Sampson in, you'll have my t-shirt. You can get one online there. Uh, get Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Jock Sampson, S-A-M-S-O-N. Everyone always puts a damn P in there. And I tell them there ain't no damn P in Sampson. People do it all the time. <laughs> I either get, I get called Jack Sampson a lot. I'm just like, no, bro, it's Jock. But, but look me up on, on, on all that, uh, on, on all the uh, places that you can find me. And, and I'll keep everyone up to date on on my my journey through the wrestling world until till the end brother that sounds good man well thank you i appreciate you coming on and talking to me giving me your time i've enjoyed talking to you you know sometimes i i have no idea where the the conversation is going to go and and this was very interesting i enjoyed talking with you very much and i appreciate it too and it's not it was nice to do a podcast where i didn't I, you know a lot of podcasts and i won't knock how they're doing it but a lot of times I, 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 I talk about the same stuff, like how you got started, how you did this and that. And I, man, I felt like I've covered that to a blue in the face. So it was nice to actually to get in here and have a conversation about just wrestling in general. So thank you for that. That was really cool. And just talking about the business, the, the, the business part, didn't have to talk about myself for once for a lot of it. That was nice. All right. Well, good deal. Well, thank you. I, and I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Read about the Northern Wrestling Federation in the book presented by Russellville.com, The Pro Wrestling Fall, Volume 2. Hear the story of Roger Ruffin, the man who trained, Carl Anderson, the Monster Abyss, Jordan Clearwater, Chris Harris, and Jillian Hall. Get your book today at Russellville.com. Russellville, it's where wrestling lives.